0: subscribe to this podcast to get exclusive access to the after show shooting breeze. welcome to cool explorations i'm your host tony peters today we're going to have on tony hickson of the hickson searcher capital management and he wrote a book retirement stepping stones finding meaning live with purpose and leave a legacy uh he's going to talk about his book uh as well as retirement uh and uh how this can affect your mental health and how you can do uh, Retire effectively and uh, maintain your walk with God. Hello and welcome to Cool Explorations. I'm your host, Tony Peters. Today we have Tony Hickson on. So, to- two Tonys today. Uh, and he has written a book. Uh, I'll let him talk about that book in a little bit here as well. He runs a uh, company called Hickson Zercher. Zir- Is that how you pronounce that? Uh, Zerker. Zerker, capital mm-hmm. management. So, uh, you can find him at tonyhickson.com. And uh, why don't you start off by telling us a little about yourself and a little bit about what you do?
1: Yeah, well, first of all, Tony, <laughs> thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Having two Tonys on the podcast will be a little bit odd, but hopefully, you can tell our our voices apart. I'm sure. Um, so, yeah, Tony Hickson, born and raised in Northwest Ohio. My dad was a, a farmer and factory worker. Mom was a nurse, and um, attended uh, church all the way from when I was a little kid, and uh, made uh, made my faith my own in my college years. And uh, college years went uh, into a financial degree with uh, an accounting major. And, um, upon graduation from that worked at a CPA firm for about four years. And it was in those four years that I decided that preparing tax returns and, um, sitting behind a desk all day, typing numbers into a calculator just wasn't for me. I couldn't imagine a career of that. Uh, what, what I'd rather do is sit across from the table from a client, um, helping them navigate these crazy markets and a financial journey. So in 2002, my business partner, Adam Zerker and I, uh, we set out to, um, to help, Help individuals make wise decisions with their money. Uh, we had zero clients. We had zero assets to manage. Uh, we worked out of a spare bedroom in, in, uh, in his house, and we had a desk, a telephone, and a passion in our hearts to help our uh, steward our clients' uh, money well. Fast forward 20 years later. Um, actually, we just celebrated our 20-year anniversary, uh, anniversary as a business uh, last week. So we've been 20 years in business. Uh, we now serve around 300 households in and around Northwest Ohio and throughout the United States and we steward God has entrusted us to steward over 300 million in assets under management. So it's kind of been my journey and my story up to this point. So thanks for having me on the on the show today. Yeah, well thanks for coming on and uh it's really
0: interesting we're talking about my wife she's in financial management um uh, mm-hmm. as well as my, my dad's action accountant as well. He's a management accountant. Uh okay. so he he does management for for Companies is what he does, so it's kind of cool to get to speak to somebody else who's kind of in that industry. <laughs> For sure, yeah. Maybe maybe the podcast should be with me and Karen instead, right? <laughs> that would be interesting, actually. <laughs> my, my wife does not like this kind of stuff, so she would not.
1: Got <laughs> <laughs> it. Okay. Uh,
0: so why don't you tell us a bit about your testimony uh, and what God is currently
1: doing in your life? Yeah, um you know, as I stated, I was born and raised in a, in a Christian home, made my faith my own in college. I would say that. uh God continues to, to narrow in and focus me on um, taking action on the things that He's planted in my heart. And as my career unfolded in the financial management industry, started in 2002, and um, really the way that our industry works is our our goal is to really help people retire. And a lot of that, you know, there's, there's, there's some sub goals there to uh, help people save for their co- uh, kids' college or or put a down payment on their home. But the majority of it. Of advice that we give is is helping those people on the journey toward retirement, and um, you know the journey that I was on. I, I was educated and had good software and uh, credentialing and experience to be able to run all the financial numbers, um, and got to be really good at it. About halfway through my career, about ten years into my career, I had a a situation occur within my my family, and specifically a story that occurred within w- with my mom that uh, really changed the trajectory of my career and the advice I give and the testimony that I share today. So w- with your permission, Tony, w- w- would you be okay if I'd shared a little bit about my mom's story in and, and the background there? For sure. I'd love to hear it. My mom, um, her name is Pam, you know, Pam Hickson, and she graduated as a registered nurse and went into uh, a local hospital. And uh, a local hospital would do swing shifts. And so you would, you would have these 12 hour shifts from time to time. And it wouldn't, wouldn't be very regular. You might be on a night shift one weekend and day shift the next. And as my mom and dad um, had my sister and then me uh, raising a young family with that schedule uh, just was not conducive. And so she began to seek other employment and she found, um, she found an opportunity at a home health agency. And and that was her opportunity to have more regular hours. She could make home visits, care for the patient, and be home for us to cook supper after we got off the bus at school uh, from school and all that. She was able to be there in the evening. Um, as she really got into um, that the home health uh, industry, one thing that she found a particular passion for, and something that was really starting to be a new um, and innovative part of healthcare, was the hospice program. And for those of you who may not be aware, hospice is basically end of life care. It's the healthcare system basically says there's not much more we can do for you. We want to send you home so that you can be surrounded by familiar surroundings and by loved ones as you transition from this life to the next. And uh, that career is not for everyone, but my mom thrived in that. And she really enjoyed um, providing that care for not only for the patient, but for the families. And she would um, provide that that peace and that comfort as best as she could as this person transitioned from this life to the next. And she found herself going to, uh, making friends, they would pass away, going to the funeral, and then moving on to the next, uh, the next family. A career of that leads to a certain point of relational and physical burnout. While it was a, her source of passion, it was also a very hard, very emotionally taxing career as well. Okay. I would also add to that that, around the mid 2000s is when electronic medical records really began to take hold here in the United States. And electronic medical records uh, required the use of a computer. And if you know anything about Pam Hickson, she did not know how to use a computer. She was technologically inferior and really had no desire to sit behind the desk uh, typing in notes into a keyboard. She would rather be bedside taking care of these patients. And um, unfortunately, she was unable to, and she was unable to um, to spend as much time bedside. She had to spend her time um, entering these these records. And um, by the time two thousands had kind of elapsed two thousand eight two thousand nine, um, she was suffering from probably the worst career burnout I had ever seen. And we were smart enough to separate business and family, so she had a primary financial advisor, and so she went to her and ran all the numbers, and the primary financial advisor. Uh, whipped out her software, her credentialing, her experience, and she gave my mom and dad the green light to retire. And she thought, wow, that would be kind of cool. I could just get out of this rat race and um, just really enjoy a a retirement. Well, because she knew what I did for a living, obviously, she, she desired to allow me to give her a second opinion. So she brought all of her financial documents and I too whipped out my software, my credentialing, in my experience, and I came up with the same result as the primary financial advisor, and I gave her the green light to retire. And in fall of two thousand and ten, she did. She pulled the uh, pulled the trigger, told her organization uh, she had ran a hospice agency at the time that she would be retiring in, in about a month or so, and so she transitioned out of um, hospice. And she knew exactly what she was retiring from. But Tony, I'm here to tell you today that she had no idea what she was retiring to and winters in Northwest Ohio, perhaps the same as in Canada are long, cold and dark. And so she transitioned into this period of time where she felt lonely, hopeless, meaningless, purposeless. She had no idea what she was going to do in this new found place and retirement became her biggest regret. And as she paced the floor back and forth for months, trying to figure out um, what she was going to do, what purpose she could have served, she began to sink into a deep depression and anxiety overwhelmed her. And though she tried counseling um, from pastors and those around her, none were successful. And on March 22nd, 2011, my mom, Pam Hickson, she chose to take her life. And, um, She left behind her high school sweetheart, my dad, who didn't know how to navigate life without her. She left behind myself and my sister. And at the time, we had two daughters, her grandchildren, my wife, seven months pregnant with what would have been her first grandson, all all left behind with the ripple effects of her decision. And it wasn't right away, but over time, I learned that retirement is not just checking financial boxes. Retirement is a non-financial decision just as much as it is, as it is financial. And that it's finding purpose. It's not just making sure you have enough money to sleep at night, but enough purpose to get up in the morning. And so over time, this last part of my career, I felt about our, our clients from a non-financial perspective, ensuring that they know exactly what they're retiring to, and they continue a life of meaning beyond retirement
0: yeah and i think that's a very
1: important message for people to hear
0: um because I, I do know of a lot of people who when they retire they're they're lost uh many of them after just a year or so they get another job uh because they just can't handle being retired they they, they need to be doing something mm-hmm. um, that's why you see a lot of them take up hobbies and some of them hobby after hobby after hobby mm-hmm. um because they just don't know what to do with
1: themselves. Right. Um, well, oftentimes in the in your career, um, it becomes your identity, right? You, you you build social structures. You you have a skill set. You're being paid to do it. You're doing it well. You're climbing the corporate ladder. You're finding purpose and meaning in in the work that you do. And yet, you know, there's this American ideal and a Canadian ideal that says at a certain point you should not have to do that anymore. And while that sounds cool on a commercial and and they make it look really cool, all the vacations you can take. Um, you can't vacation for, for 365 days a year. Golfing gets boring after a while. There has to be something that fills that void, that fills that time. And many retirees do find a, a period of time right after retirement. In fact, my research has shown that uh, 40% of retirees experience depression within the first six months after retirement. And it's just because the transition is so difficult they found so much meaning and purpose in their work and they were so excited about this, this event, this thing, this, this, this retirement, and it ends up not being what they hoped it would be. And they knew exactly that they had enough money to to make it happen, but they failed to check the boxes of understanding uh, what they would do for the 40, 50 hours per week that they now, um, that, that now is void.
0: Yeah. And I think uh, a lot of that uh, comes from our focus being in a lot of the wrong places uh, in our life uh, and, god is the one who should be filling that void in our life and we we tend to think of more the material That's right. things of life which is why it's so important what you're doing not just helping with the finances but helping with their their personal side because uh, people do need need that and they need to feel the connections with other people yeah. um right. and learn that the material things are not they're not important they don't matter once you're
1: gone those material possessions are gone that's right. Yeah, and oftentimes upon retirement, what we encourage, uh, well, actually pre-retirement, we we often in- encourage our clients to do a values assessment. It has nothing to do with how much money you have. It's what do you what do you value? What do you feel is important? And once we once the client is able, or once the person is able to identify what it is that um, brings them joy, that brings them purpose, whether it's um, serving in their local church or whether it's um, um, volunteering in the library to read to to youth whether it's watching grandkids for a period of time per week, all of those things that uh, whether you value family or volunteerism, those things are ultimately what will drive what's next. It's not so much what I'm going to buy. It's what am I going to do in retirement?
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I know that was behind a lot of what drove you writing your book. Do you want to
1: tell us the title of your book uh, and uh, what this book's about, um, what the purpose of it is? For sure. So the the book title is Retirement Stepping Stones, and um, that title comes from a saying that I once heard: turning your stumbling blocks into stepping stones. And one thing that, um, as a result of my mom's decision, Tony, you remember the story. I was one of the two financial advisors to give my mom the green light. Yeah. The immense amount of guilt and um, regret and shame and embarrassment that I felt was immense. And it could have really ruined me. I could have went down the same path as my mom, a life of depression and anxiety, and it could have ended me. But I chose with God's help, to turn that tragedy into triumph and these stumbling blocks into stepping stones. So the purpose of the book it's it's nothing like any other financial book you read. It's not about cutting up your credit cards or eliminating debt or how to save in a college five twenty nine plan. It comes at retirement from a non-financial perspective. It offers, stepping stones that each reader can um, can journey through and it um, encourages the reader to set up those social structures, to identify their values and to understand really what it is that they're going to retire to. So um, it's a passion project. It's a book that's been on my mind for uh, for quite some time. Uh, I wanted to release it in the, on the 10-year anniversary in the celebration of mom's life. And so it was released in 2021. And um, so it's been on uh, it's been on sale, and your your listeners, if if they desire, would be able to find that on any any platform, Amazon or others that uh, they'd be able to to access books for them.
0: And it was very different from any other retirement or financial book.
1: Most of those books I find
0: very dry, uh, and I actually can't finish them. Mm-hmm. But uh, this book definitely you took a different angle, and I loved it. Um, I even t- told my dad that after the interview, he's got he's got to read the book because uh, oh, he, he's into finance stuff. But uh, I, I'm like, this will just give him a different thing because he's also getting to that age where Retirement is something he, he could be considering and I think he should be considering yeah. um, because uh, he he's a workaholic. <laughs> and so that's why I think this book could be very helpful for him so he can try and find meaning and purpose afterwards.
1: Yeah. I just think there's a lot of people and maybe your dad included that just aren't aware that they should even be thinking of this, right? every Every marketing commercial that's known to man is all about finances, making sure that you're financially prepared for retirement. Um, this it really sparks a new conversation that not too many financial advisors, no one in our industry is having it, And this is nothing to do with finances. This is about structuring your life in such a way as to continue a life of meaning beyond retirement. So, yeah, it brings a different message to the world. And um, I was humbled to be able to bring it um, in book form. I can only meet with one-on-one with, with my clients and tell the story, um, but I wanted to be able to bring it to the masses. And the book gave me the platform to be able to do that.
0: Yeah, and it's a great message about asking that that question: Are you emotionally and mentally prepared? And how do you get emotionally and mentally prepared for retirement? Um, and so I think I think it's a great book. I do recommend that people uh, take and read this book. Um, I'd show it. My screen would probably blur it. Uh, I've had okay. that problem before when I've tried to show books. Uh, there we go. There we go. There it is. There it is. Yep. Yeah, great book. So I do recommend uh, checking it out um and uh taking a look at what it what it has to say because uh, it it was definitely a a great book for for considering and when i am getting to a retirement age i think it's something that i'll pick up again and i'll uh, i'll read it again just so that uh, i can be more prepared for that
1: um well well, thank you for that i would say too that um you know our firm and we believe just so much in this message that um, we don't we don't stand to, to have any financial gain from the sale of this book Um, All proceeds, all net proceeds from the sale of the book actually go to a scholarship that my wife and I set up at a local university. So um, it's the Pam Hickson Memorial Nursing Scholarship Fund, and it goes to a nursing student that attends the University of Finley, which is where our our local, um, where our firm is headquartered. And it goes to a nursing student who has a financial need and good grades. So um, I do not, I do not stand to participate in any financial gain from this. Uh, rather, uh, students who will um, enter the healthcare industry and bless the healthcare industry with their skill sets. Um, the scholarship goes to them, and one of the exciting things about that scholarship fund is I get to meet with the recipient each year that the, the the scholarship is rewarded. I get to sit down with them and and share this story that I'm sharing to you and your listeners today. And so often, as these as these students transition into a career of healthcare, they're caring for others, caring for others, caring for others, and that is appropriate and that is right. And there needs to be self care as well. Working on your mental health, your emotional health, your physical health, your social health to ensure that um, you're not caring so much for others that you neglect yourself. So, this story provides a platform for me to be able to communicate with the future healthcare workers that are graduating from this university.
0: Yeah, and I think that is amazing um, to do that. And nursing is a very, very important uh, career that we have a nursing shortage in Canada. uh, So, our nurses work a lot of hours that yeah. they maybe shouldn't be working mm-hmm. uh because we are so short. Uh my stepmom was a nurse for a number of years and then she worked in in the seniors homes uh until her back gave out on her and she ended up retiring into a different line of work. Understood. Uh and so still health related she she was um into vitamins and that kind of stuff so teaching people about yes. that. Um but uh, yeah, so I think it's very important for us to have those kind of things for our nurses because not everybody can afford to go to get their education that they need to to follow the career path that they want to follow or that God has put before put their heart
1: that's right yep um
0: cool. so how did the company end up end up starting um, and how have you seen God
1: at work in that journey of your company really growing mm-hmm. yeah so um back in two thousand. we we have to remember the Y2K issue, right? There was a potential for the world to come to an end as computers couldn't register the the next two digits. Um, Looking back, it's kind of comical, but at the time it was very frightening. Um, And it was also frightening from a stock market perspective. Um, That was when the tech bubble was bursting. In 2001, uh, here in the United States, that's when the terrorist attacks had occurred. And on the world trade center. So yeah. September 11th uh, terrorist attacks. So our country was kind of in a recession slash really, done, really bad downturn, uh, borderline depression. And as I was working at the CPA firm, uh, what I was doing is I was preparing tax returns and there's a particular form that's called a schedule D and a Schedule D is where you report capital gains or losses. So if you were successful with an investment, you would have a gain. And if you were not successful with an investment, you would have a loss. And what I was seeing throughout that time frame was a lot of the clients that I was preparing tax returns for were recording losses. They were selling really great companies at a loss. And I just scratched my head thinking, why? These companies aren't going out of business. Uh, this too shall pass. It's not fun at the time, but... Um, companies as robust as you know, Pepsi or Microsoft or um, some of these larger companies, they they weren't going out of business. They, they shouldn't have sold them at, at such a large loss. And um, it just boggled my mind that, that clients just were making these behavioral mistakes. Around that time frame, I had reconnected with a high school buddy of mine and uh, we started to do lunch together. He worked at a different CPA firm here in town. And as we did lunch from time to time, we realized that we had similar values. We were both men um, of faith. Uh, we're both family men. We really wanted to, to serve our wives and our kids well. And we were both entrepreneurial. And uh, through a series of meetings and business plans, uh, we decided that we really wanted to help investors make wise decisions with their money to prevent them from making those behavioral mistakes, which is selling at the low. That's the worst time to sell, right? That's the time to be greedy. That's the time you should be buying when when, when stock prices are depressed. So in 2002, we did launch um, our business and again, um, it was a scary time. We had to trust fully in God, knowing full well that um, you know, if we were faithful, he would be faithful to us. And over that journey, we've navigated the great financial crisis that occurred throughout 2008, 2009. We navigated the 2011 um, uh, credit rating. The United States' credit rating was cut. Uh, 2018, there was midterms that didn't go the way the market expected. And so the market swooned as a result of that. And today we're stewarding over 300 million. We have about 14 team members and over 300 clients that, um, that we walk alongside their financial journey to ensure that from a behavioral side, uh, they don't make those mistakes along the way. And I, I think it's great
0: to to really help people in that in such an honest manner. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one thing that I think helps my wife in her sales. Uh, she's probably going to hate that I'm talking about her, but uh, <laughs> uh, she doesn't just put people into funds because she's supposed to sell those funds. Mm-hmm. She, she, and she is actually one of the people she was training. That's what they were doing. They were just putting people in the funds because they needed to sell those funds. And he's like, mm-hmm. well, we're supposed to sell these funds. And she's like, but is it going to benefit the client? Mm-hmm. Is it actually going to help them? You mm-hmm. need to have a reason why you're putting them in this fund, why you're putting them in, get them to buy this stock, like have a reason behind it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is what has helped her. Uh, be so successful is that she's honest she can make those connections with with customers um and there's even an older lady who lives uh, right right nearby us that now our kids go and visit all the time and she originally was a client of my wife and uh she just she found out my wife lived nearby so she she brings us would bring us food all this kind of mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. and uh yeah. my wife asked her why and she, she's like well you connected with me like you cared mm-hmm. and right. uh it, it's awesome now to see yeah. Uh, my kids connect with this lady, this older lady, and they like going to her house just because my wife made this connection. She actually cared about a person. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I think that's great about what you're doing is
1: is yeah. that that care, yeah, th- uh, thank you. and and kudos to your wife. Um, she has embraced the same mentality that we have. Um, we often uh, will we have goals within our firm to be able to manage so many assets. but uh, we're quick to remind our ourselves, our staff that um, you know, every dollar. Is assigned to a goal, and every goal is assigned to a person who's developed it. And so the relationship is much more important than any in any assets under management goal that we could establish. And so we're blessed to steward over 300 relationships and ensure that their um, their journey toward financial freedom is, is intact. We're not recommending um, you know funds that will pay us the best kickback. Uh, we are we are providing a service to allow our clients to experience financial freedom
0: yeah which is which is again uh, just amazing uh and you have said you wanted to help more people um who are getting into retirement to be more prepared what's the best way for them to accomplish that goal
1: yeah um well as a result of the launch of the book um we had such good feedback that the book was great and um that was it was it was somewhat actionable but but what about a more of a community to be able to navigate this transition together. And so, as a result of the success of the book, we, our firm, actually launched a um, a life a life coaching um, service called Refocus Coaching, and it's where we have a life coach on staff that puts on workshops and/or private coaching sessions with our clients, or with non-clients, really. We we want to help anyone who has the desire to transition well. And it's during those workshops and during those private coaching um, times that our life coach is able to ask those tailored questions uh, as, as, as we find what those unique skill sets that the, the retiree has built throughout their career, as we um, navigate what interests they might have, as we navigate whether or not um, their family is nearby, would they be able to babysit grandkids or would that be maybe maybe too much for the, for the parents? Um, all of these discussions really start to take shape and we create um, kind of this longing for what's next. It's very important that our clients do take what we call a halftime. So the CFL up there in, uh, in, in Canada, right? They have a halftime. So there's a first half. And let me ask you, Tony, do you remember the score of the first half of any of the last football games that you watched? No. No one really cares what the score is at halftime. But you do oftentimes remember you know, who won the game. But it's during that halftime of those football games that the coaches and the players will you know, make adjustments. They'll, they'll work on the game a little bit. They'll, they'll come up with a, a plan for what's next. And so it's during that transition, we, we do highly recommend that a client does take a halftime, six months, a year to just breathe, to get those home projects caught up, to allow that career burnout to dissipate. And But during that time to be purposeful, about planning for what's next, what's planning for that second half, so that they can continue to live a life of meaning and purpose um, in the second half of their life, and not just sit in front of a TV or doom scroll through their tele- through their phone or or find all the bad news on c- CNN, the crisis news network. Mm-hmm. All of those things can really cause anx- unneeded anxiety. The world is full of abundance. God has blessed us with so much. The beauty of his creation needs to be um, uh, seen and adored. And it's those kinds of things that we help our clients really focus on so that they can um, really experience a great second half um, after their career is over.
0: Which is a very different message than what you see being being spewed because our world is so full of hate mm-hmm. and division and anger, especially especially these days uh, where nobody wants to, to meet and discuss. Uh, and so having those messages of love and hope uh, is something people need to need to hear that's right that's right uh, and how are you helping with the mental health side of things with that I know part of that that life coaching would would be hitting on that but how specifically
1: do you think uh, it's helping with people's mental health yeah the um you know my mom suffered from that mental health issue and it wasn't necessarily a history of depression it was situational and to be able to, to be able to step back and really focus on self for a while is is okay. Mental health is obviously a buzzword in today's society, and and it should be, uh, because we've gone for far too long um, wanting people to really just quote suck it up and 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 live life. But in reality, they need more care than that. And so, through um, through the content of the book, through the messaging of our of our life coach, uh, we're able to help our clients and non clients really navigate. Um, how to have that self-care and how to really think more positively about the future that, that, um, that awaits them. Yeah. And uh, mental health
0: is something that personally for me is, is a big, a big deal. Uh, I have PTSD myself. So it's, it's something that it's just uh, it it means a lot to me that to see companies and people take mental health seriously. And uh, I know how hard it is for people with mental health to, deal with it to phase it because uh, even insurance companies uh, don't take it seriously they they aren't willing to uh, pay for something they can't see that a doctor can't can't physically diagnose uh, yeah. that that means it doesn't exist in their books mm. so uh, it, it's it's good to be able to discuss it and
1: to see companies that do take it seriously indeed and Tony I would I'd be quick to say that it's it's cool to, to sit across the zoom room From a person that, that I believe to be an overcomer. So you've, you've articulated that you've had PTSD and, and, um, it's cool to know that you're, you're making an impact in this world and you're, uh, you're living your calling. God has put you here on purpose for a purpose and your message is being heard and felt. So, um, congratulations to you and keep up the great work. I really appreciate, um, what an overcomer that you are and a role model you are to your listeners and to me. Thank you. I, I really appreciate that. It's taken a lot of counseling and years of God processing
0: to mm-hmm. really um, come to a place where I can actually talk about it freely. Yeah. Uh, and it's one of the reasons why in this channel we do not back away from any topic. Um, mm-hmm. Because uh, it's it's if God has a message, uh, we're going to get it out. Yeah. Um, and so I, I thank you for that um and i love what you're doing and i want to just get you to leave us off with one piece of advice uh and that would be what piece of advice would you give to people who are at that point where they're they're looking at at retirement
1: yeah well thank you for um for allowing me this last piece here i, I would would it be okay if i share a story to kind of lead to to the answer 100% yeah um this book project is a labor of love um writing a book is it takes a lot of time it, it's a commitment beyond belief and in 2019 i knew that in order to launch the book by 2021 which was the 10-year anniversary i I needed to start and so in 2019 i pulled my chair up to my desk and my fingers to the keyboard and i typed the first word of the book which was um, gray and that explained uh, the morning that i found out that mom had, had committed suicide it was just a gray morning in the month of march of 2011 And from that point forward, 35,000 words would flow. And it took about a year to get all of those through because what happened in 2020? COVID. So not only was I writing a book, but I was also um, navigating market downturn with clients. I was also navigating COVID policies with the firm that I run. Uh, There was just a lot going on that year. But nonetheless, I got it done. And I turned in the manuscript to the publisher and a book goes through three, three rounds of edits. The first round, the first round of edits is a developmental edit. The second is called a copy edit. And the third is a proofreading edit. The developmental edit is oftentimes the hardest to get through. And my particular um, manuscript went to a, a person. Her name was Pam. And for fun, I looked her up on LinkedIn and found out that she was a doctor of literary science from Harvard. I thought, huh, that's interesting. That'll be kind of fun to see what she has to say about my manuscript. Uh, five weeks later, it's how long it took her to get through my manuscript. I got it back. And uh, if you've ever used, Tony, have you have you used the track changes function in Microsoft Word? Yes, I have. Uh, I've actually <laughs> written a few books myself, so I definitely know this process. So you know the process. When I got that book back, I had never seen so much read in my life. Um, she... She just, the way I felt is that she destroyed my book. She destroyed my manuscript. I went through the seven stages of anger and grief and regret and all, all the things all at once. And I just couldn't believe what she had done. And I was devastated to be honest with you. I didn't want to, I didn't want to continue. I wanted to give up because it was just too much work to get to that point for her to have um, destroyed it like she did. So I I invited my business partner down, Adam. He came down and I showed it to him. I'm like, look what she did couldn't believe it. And he showed me grace and said, Tony, you can't give up. I went home that night, talked to my wife, Carrie, and look what she did. He believed this. And Carrie was very graceful and said, Tony, I understand, but you can't give up. This message is too important. And I shook my fist at God and I said, how could you do this? I, I spent so much time for her to be able to destroy my book like she did. I, I can't believe that you would allow this. And um, far be it for me to say that I've ever heard from God in an audible voice. But in my heart, I felt the words come back. Tony, I gave you a doctor of literary science from Harvard. You're welcome. (laughs) And with that, I knew that I had been blessed with a person who knew exactly how to developmentally edit my book to make it even better than anything I could have written. And for the next five weeks of my life, I went through each and every one of her edits and accepted or rejected or changed or added and soon enough um, i was ready to um to put my manuscript back through the second phase of of edits well this time frame was about was about february of of 2021 and um that prior fall a good friend of mine a mentor had just retired from his job he was a ceo of a very um prominent steel company Uh, Very type A personality, just a go-getter, business mentor of mine, good friend. But my mind is always on the lookout for people who retire in the fall because my mom did that same thing. So I knew that he had traversed the winter months and the gray and the darkness and the cold. And I shot him a quick text and I said, can we go to coffee? And he agreed. And uh, when we met at the coffee shop here locally on that cold winter's morning in February, he walked in a semblance of the man that I once knew his countenance was down. He didn't smile. His voice was very monotone. And after exchanging a few pleasantries about how the family is doing and how he was doing, I looked him in the eye and I said, we'll call him Joe. I said, Joe, that was retirement. And in a moment of vulnerability, he decided to tell me the truth. And he said, Tony, it's not going well. You see, I met with my financial advisor for a year prior to pulling the trigger and I checked all the financial boxes but yet something's wrong. I feel adrift. I feel something just isn't there. I, I don't feel any purpose. There's, I can't put my finger on it, though. I took a deep breath, and I knew exactly what I needed to do. You see, Tony, I had just submitted my round of edits. So to say that I knew my content is an understatement. I knew my content cold. And for the next hour, I was able to... The book wasn't even released. I was able to share its message with Joe, and by the time that coffee appointment was done, I saw him smile for the first time that morning. We departed after uh, hugs and tears, and later that afternoon, i um, Carrie was in town, my wife, and we went to lunch together, and I was telling her across the across the table, "Can you believe it? The book hasn't even released yet, and yet it, the message is helping helping people already. Isn't that awesome? She's like, absolutely, this is cool. And about that same time, I got a text from this gentleman. And far be it for me to be one of those married couples that check their phone the whole time. So I was like, Carrie, is it okay if I check this text? And she graciously agreed, and I opened it up. And the text read, Tony, thank you for your time this morning. Whether you know it or not, today, you quite literally saved a life. My mom was a nurse. And as such, she cared for her patients well. I'm a financial advisor. And as such, I care for my clients well. And this book provides a unique opportunity for me to join my purpose with my mom's as we communicate this story and these stepping stones to people who are transitioning into retirement. So, you, so your question is, what advice would I give? Yeah, I guess I guess my advice would be check out the book. I don't stand to gain financially from, from the sale of this thing. The scholarship fund stands to gain from it. And the message that it contains is important. And my mom is still saving lives 10 years later. So yeah. Thank you for the opportunity to share. Well, and thank you for sharing. Um, and it is
0: it is awesome how God takes these situations and uses them for good. Mm-hmm. Things that that would be negative and uses mm-hmm. them for good. And I just think it's, it's important that people realize that, that you Mm -hmm. can take things that are negative, and you can make them good. And your, your mom would be so proud of you right now, Mm -hmm. uh, and of what you're doing. And it reminds me of a song, uh, I believe it's casting crowns, um, Mm -hmm. where they said, uh, I shook my fist at God. And I said, God, why don't you do something? Mm -hmm. And God said, I made you. Mm -hmm. And I, I love that song because uh it, it hits it hits me uh you're going to make me cry uh <laughs> uh it hits me right uh in, in the heart that song because so many times growing up uh, with all the different struggles that I went through uh, I I did I I spent a lot of time shaking my fist at god and yeah. uh and, and getting angry with god and the whole time god was saying I made you yeah you need to do something i can use you and uh like i said before it's taken me a lot of years to get to the point where i'm allowing god to actually use me um there are still times where i shake my fist at god and i and i get frustrated especially when i watch my my son struggle with uh, the health issues that he's struggling with but god always reminds me i made you i -hmm. put you in this situation so you can understand and you can help other people Mm -hmm. wow and i see that i see that with what you're doing and and i think it's fantastic so thank you for sharing thank you for coming on here and thank you for writing the book mm-hmm.
1: thank you for having me I, I really appreciate it and thank you for those kind words um they're meaningful to me and um I really appreciate the opportunity to share my story with you
0: thank you for listening to the explorations. you've just been listening to tony hickson and he's been talking about his book retirement stepping stones find meaning live with purpose and leave legacy He's been talking a little bit about his book as well as uh, retirement and how you can retire and have a meaningful life and maintain your walk with God through your retirement. Well, I have just been uh, blessed with so many people who are requesting to be on the show. And I'm impressed with how many people want to share their testimonies or what they're doing uh, for the Lord right now. Uh, If I haven't got back to you, I promise I will get back to you. Uh, I look forward to to speaking with each of you and interviewing you, and uh, keep tuning into the show. There's lots of of new people that are coming on here, and if you're considering uh, wanting to to come on the show, uh, just shoot me an email at tpeters745 at gmail.com, and uh, I will get back to you.